Okay, so we've made it to the fourth episode of Kente Corner, a casual Hoya podcast. I'm Bobby Bancroft, as always, at Bobby Bancroft on Twitter. And I'm here again with Andrew Geiger, the head casual Hoya, at casual Hoya on Twitter. And just some administrative stuff first. We are officially official now. You can find us on iTunes. You can search under Casual Hoya, Kente Corner. You can subscribe. You can do the same thing on Spotify, Kente Corner, Casual Hoya, all that stuff. And it'll be easier to track when our episodes come out because once you subscribe, it'll just populate for you. So it's a pretty big step making it to the fourth this episode. Should, this, this shit's like a real thing now. Like, I mean, we've got followers, like people are listening. It's crazy. I mean, I thought it would be just like me, you, a couple other people in their underwear in their mom's basements, like with nothing else to do. But like, we're like, I mean, I mean, I, I, we're, we're like number one on, you know, iTunes. Um, it just, it, it's blown up, man. I mean, like, didn't you tell me there were nine people from like Iceland who were listening in? Yeah, there's a pretty cool thing where you can break it down and we've got some, uh, some international followers out there, so I think we need to start skewing towards um, Iceland before it goes away. All, all that, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, I mean, I guess since since all of our all of our players in recent years are playing overseas, I guess we're we're hitting all these other countries that normally wouldn't know what uh, Georgetown basketball is. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, which which means know, we should start yeah. having some Japanese followers. Absolutely. You know, Mazel Tov to Jesse Govan uh, in that Japanese league. It looks like his team is actually pretty good. I didn't really look into it that much, but it seems like they have some guys uh, who can actually play who played over in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's great for him. And I think he's a good enough offensive player that he's going to be paid to play basketball for a lot of years. Absolutely. Can't teach height and uh, guys who can stroke it like he can uh with that combination of height um he should have a nice career overseas for sure maybe get an nba look um down the road if he can perhaps get a little bulkier maybe a little quicker on defense but i think playing professionally will help him out and it might help out the uh the second version of jack attack whenever that shows up good call so now we can have jesse and greg monroe and henry sims all those guys. So Sims signed on with an Italian team. I saw Jason Clark. I forget where he is. But all of a sudden, we have all these guys who would make a killer Jack Attack team uh, who are playing in Europe and eligible to play in the tournament. Which, by the way, you know what? Quick little segue. I watched some of that final with the Marquette squad versus the Ohio State squad. It was okay. pretty entertaining. It was pretty entertaining. I mean, I have to say, like, I didn't really have any rooting interest, but there's a lot of drama when you've got $2 million on the line. I do kind of like that Elam ending, you know, um, it does. I don't think it did any favors for the whole Elam ending thing that the game ended on a free throw. Uh, but nonetheless, a pretty dramatic tournament. Uh, yeah. And hopefully we get in there next year. Yeah. I think just to take the fouling away, I think it's particular. I mean, whether it's college or the NBA, the fouling at the end, I think for me is kind of, it kind of sort of ruins what's a pretty, you know, free-flowing game. You get down, everyone's just fouling, all that stuff. So that does well, work. I mean, and if you're, if you're down, your hope is foul, they miss free throws, you hit some miracle threes. It's really the only way to catch up. So I think the Elam yeah. ending kind of evens the playing field a bit and keeps the game of basketball, you know, playing as how it should be in the last four minutes of the game. 
Speaking of playing the game of basketball the way it should be, Kenner League ended this week. <laughs> and man, you're the you're the king of segues. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. <laughs> it's such a such a popular podcast, it just sort of comes out of you. That's true. It's true. <laughs> um so Georgetown, and we can get to this a little bit later, all of a sudden has really stepped up their social media game, providing updates and behind-the-scenes looks and all those types of things that everyone's wanted for the last decade or longer. And they came out. I was going out of town, so it didn't affect me. But for other people, hey, by the way, we're going to the Bahamas. Our players aren't going to show up for the playoffs. You know, everyone enjoy your life, which was nice notice for them because most people go just to watch Georgetown players. But the funny thing happened is Akinjo, Pickett, LeBlanc, Gardner, they all decided to show up. It's like they didn't they didn't get the email from the team or <laughs> on social media to get the tweet. Right. I mean, it's one thing to have the social media account step up its game and send information, which never happened before. But it's another thing, I guess, when the information is bad information. Like, there were hey, legitimately a lot of people who, well, you know, I'm not going to go there, but like, honestly, there were like a legitimate amount of people that were like excited to go to Kenner league to see the playoffs who, after uh, that Georgetown hoops account tweeted that none of the players were going to be there. were like, Oh, well, screw it then. Um, and then just to see the the highlights with some of the guys playing, it's like, what's going on here. (laughs) And I'm not really sure what the deal was. Um, do you know anything about that? I I really don't. I haven't really cared enough to, to inquire. I was living it up in the Allen Iverson's neck of the woods down in Virginia beach. So I was very, very withdrawn from Kenner league this weekend. So I unfortunately do not know. I I just thought it was really, really interesting that the information was out there and then ended up not being accurate. (laughs) Right. Wild, wild stuff. It was Um, more, even bigger wild stuff is that, we made it, it we're not, you know, it's it, today's August 8th when we're recording this. It should be out on Friday. But we got Georgetown's schedule yesterday, like their non-conference schedule. We know who they're playing. You know, we know where. We know we know everything except for the league, which is going to take care of itself. But usually Georgetown is a post-Labor Day. And, you know, it, it usually gets said, well, you know, they share the arena with the Caps and the Wizards and concerts, and which are all true things, and I totally get it. But for them to come out with, a schedule and definitely Patrick Ewing's best schedule to date. How shocked were you yesterday when you're, you, you know, I don't know if you got like a message or whatever, but you said, is this, is it, is this real? Uh, completely shocked. Like literally we were trying to solve the mystery of why some dude who like somehow was affiliated with Mount St. Mary's or something was tweeting oh, right. about a game we, we might have in November and all of a sudden, there's the tweet with our non-conference schedule. It's like, uh, okay. Um, like, totally weird. Uh, but hey, good, right? I mean, amazing. They're, everyone awesome. in the fan base is fired up. Um, they even had, like, a cool graphic for it, like, with some videos and stuff. And, like, what is this? Is this Georgetown? I mean, I guess this is the new era. Great. It was great. And if you read the, if you read the link, so, yeah, there was, a, there was you know, a graphic where, you know, each, each opponent and they had, I think like their mascot, it was some sort of like 20 second video, which is what you see a lot of schools do. And then if you clicked on the link and you went to guhoyas.com, 
they even had a quote in there from Patrick Ewing. It was a pretty good quote. I thought, you know, we have beefed up our non-conference schedule with the addition of the Empire Classic, which I know everyone's really looking forward to, and two true road games. I hope that this team is up to the task in the early weeks of the season. And obviously the team is different. The expectations are higher. It's the best, they, you know, highest expectations they've had in Ewing's third, you know, third year now. But when you go down the schedule, there's really not any bad teams. Uh, Mount St. Mary's is the opener. They had a down year last year because Jamie and Christian left and, you know, they had a, you know, they had a change and all, all that stuff, but there's no cupcakes. There's, you know, no offense to the MEAC. When you say that, usually you do offend them. There's no MEAC schools. I think they played seven or eight total in the last two years. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really good schedule. It's a kind of schedule where it's not just the last two years. It's been based. Well, we have to beat Syracuse, you know, Georgetown, Georgia has to beat Syracuse. And then they have a chance. Well, now you give yourself the, you know, you don't want to lose any games, but the whole point of a good schedule is it's not based on one big non-conference game. And there's a lot of opportunities now to get good. Absolutely. I mean, obviously the downside of playing a, better schedule is the opportunity for more losses, but obviously the opportunities to have bigger wins are there too. Like I really think in looking at everything you've got, I really think that game against Texas and the Empire Classic is a big one. Not so much because obviously a win over Texas would be big, but because then you get the chance to play Duke, right? And even like a close loss or whatever to Duke would be good for our resume. Um, And obviously beating, beating them at MSG would just be tremendous and probably would you know, signal Georgetown being back on the national landscape, much like our win over Duke did back in, you know, 2006 or whatever that was. Yeah. 2007. And, yeah. And, you know, it, it's not even, obviously it, it is, it is, you know, fun to look at and say, Oh, there's going to be a game in Stillwater. They get Syracuse coming, you know, to Capital One arena, um, you know, going to MSG, but it's also playing Georgia state. In, mm-hmm. in, um, American is usually the better of the local teams that they seem willing to play, um, you know, instead of playing Howard. We all know about UMBC and the Sharpie and, you know, what they did, you know, recently. So it's, it's yeah. like that instead of playing the the sub 300s right now, if you look at last year's net rankings, like I said, Mount St. Mary's is the only team that you kind of raise your eyebrow to. But you know what? It's OK to play a game like that. You just don't want five. Yeah. Of them. Right. And I mean, and they're, you know, they're reasonably local. I mean, other than Mount St. Mary's, who's the worst squad? Probably that Central Arkansas, but we have to play them as part of the Empire Classic, right? So, right. But um, they weren't, they weren't terrible. Right. I mean, we know what terrible is. And they're, they're, they weren't terrible. You know, the one thing I will say is that last couple of years, we've struggled in some of these openers. And if it weren't for the terribleness that a word of the of our opponents we might have dropped a, a few of those games which would have just you know essentially been a debacle early um maybe the bahamas trip this year gets the squad a little bit more chemistry so that kind of early season letdown may not happen now as an out-of-town guy like yourself obviously syracuse is on a weekend mm-hmm. and this is sort of i think a lot of the JT the JT three schedules were like this as well, where the schedule looks pretty good, but for the home fan, it's not exactly, it's not exactly, or for, yeah, for the home crowd, it's not exactly great. As an out of town guy, is there any other game that sort of would get you interested in coming up for? I'm guessing probably not. Uh, 
Probably not. I mean, you know, I, I kind of like, obviously, the Syracuse game when it's at home. You get up for that. I, I right. don't see, and I, I'm going to go to New York. That's a, that's a plan, at least, you know, to see oh, nice. the team play there. Um, let's see. Uh, not, Basically, I mean, it's like certainly Penn not. State. Penn State. Eh, I'm not going to travel to D.C. for that one. So I'd say no. I think that the New York trip and then a trip to D.C. for Syracuse would be the only ones uh, right. non-conference that would, you know, cause me to at least look at tickets. Um, but the home slate, you know, you've got the usual Big East slate as well. So that it's it's a good schedule. I mean, you've even got some of the national guys aside, you know, Jeff Goodman start chiming in and uh, all these guys saying, wait a minute. I think someone, someone in the athletic had it today. Like, wait, Georgetown actually has a good schedule. Like, like what's this about? Yeah. Um, so good, good for them. You know, it's, it's year three. It's, it's, you know, put up or shut up time. They've got talent finally. Fan base is excited, as evidenced by our nine Icelandic listeners, and we're we're ready to roll. I think so. I think so. And I think that you start off kind of in a boom. You play four games in in eleven days, get everyone excited, and then you're off to New York. So there's some real potential. So if you're kind of looking, I'm guessing Georgetown won't open the season in the top twenty-five. But I think if you uh, oh they won't open yeah I, I don't yeah think they won't. won't no won't right I think if you get to four zero you got wins over Penn State Georgia State and you win at least one of those games in New York and let's say you know you play Duke close you win you lose I think that's when you see the opportunity for the Hoyas to get in the national rankings for the first time since 2015 so you know that's what happens when you play a good schedule you give yourself that chance and. I'm pretty excited about it. I will say going forward, next year's Syracuse game will be on the road. I think the challenge for Georgetown next year is to, if they don't get a good game in one of these challenges with the Big Ten or the Big 12, is because I know that they didn't do it this year, is give the home fans a reason in the non-conference to get excited. And I think that should be the next step. They already passed a hurdle this year. The schedule's good. Next year, try and get that off Syracuse exciting team in. Because I think last year it was SMU, which... Yeah. And and there's, you know, there was the rumors this year that there might be a Memphis series. I think that's still in play. And if that happens next year, you know, both programs will be even better than they are now. Um, That would be a, you know, a marquee one. I think it'll happen. I mean, assuming, you know, fingers crossed, no one gets injured in the Bahamas, which would really be a disaster. Why would you say that? Because I'm, I, I, I'm always leery of these exhibition games that are completely meaningless. Um, and then something bad happens. You're like, oh, well, why was he playing to begin with? Maybe it's just me, uh, whatever. But assuming no one gets injured in the Bahamas, assuming no one gets injured leading up to the <laughs> season, we should, we should be pretty good, you know? Um, if we don't start out in the top 25, I could see the team being, what, one, two, three, four, four and 4-0 heading into the Garden, right? With yeah. a nice win over Penn State. They beat Texas, let's say. Then you've got Duke. You could probably lose closely to Duke and still make the top 25. So in theory, they could be in the top 25 right around Thanksgiving. So exactly what I said two minutes ago. Exactly. And if you do that, if you continue on, you're looking at, I mean, how many losses are acceptable in the non-conference schedule? Three? Two or three, depending on who you play and depending on who the losses are to. What if they lose to do? What if they lose to Texas? I guess they would then 
have then then Cal would be a must win. Sure. And then what if they lose at SMU? I guess they could lose in theory they could lose at Oklahoma State. I mean they that's the thing. There's the the true road games here um are going to help too. The the two true road games the, the Oklahoma State and the SMU. Those are that's going to help us down the road seriously if we can seek yeah. out wins there somehow. You know, well, those yeah. The fun part about Georgetown likely being good this year is you go in and you beat people. So that's that's the fun part. So they're not they're not going to lose all those games. Uh, hopefully. I mean, what, what can uh, – I don't know, man. <laughs> you, you are generally the most pessimistic person on the planet. I am a beacon of shining light, and you're <laughs> sitting here saying – and you're sitting here saying that they're not going to lose these games. And, and suddenly now I feel like I'm, I'm like Darth Vader. Well, you know, you know, that's uh, – <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to see them live in Kenner enough to where I'm starting to look at the pieces, and now I'm looking at the schedule, which – my big, I haven't been able to go over their bad schedules if you follow me on Twitter for two years now. So now that they came out with a good one, I'm, they they have me. I think you, you, you've been a little bit blinded by the sudden social media emergence of the at Georgetown Hoops Twitter account. Absolutely. Um, and it, I mean, <laughs> they've had they've had the Hoyas. I think they were at Top Golf. They were they yep. went bowling. Um, we saw them running around. Is it Cooper Field where they play football? Um, lifting. Sure. I mean, they're doing all these great things and they're getting out there. And I feel like that's one of the things Georgetown. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of good people in the athletic department and I don't know who makes the decisions and who, you know, how all that thing is decided, but you know, these are the types of things, particularly when you haven't been that good, which they haven't been for four years that you have to give the fans something to hold on to, even when things aren't going well and all Georgetown for decades the only thing they've really given you to hold on to is being good. So when you're not good, it's like, well, now what do I hold on to? So I think that and, these really add up. Yeah, and, and not just for the fans, but also recruiting, right? I mean, these these kids who are looking at the program, who are visiting the school, they want to be able to show their friends, you know, what's going on. Even the little uh, snippet that came out today of the Hoyas, like, practicing for the Bahamas. We never saw that stuff. Right. Um, oh, yeah. You, practice? I mean, that, yeah, practice. I mean, we, you couldn't you couldn't even get into practice. You couldn't even watch it. <laughs> like, no chance. And now they're showing clips of, you know, some defensive drills and all this stuff. It, it, it's great. I hope they keep it up. No, it it definitely is great. And if you want to keep up with Georgetown, they're leaving this weekend for the Bahamas. They've got three games. It looks like with the exact same team, the national team. Um, yeah. On the- weird. Yeah, very odd. We'll see if that actually changes. I remember their opponents sort of changed when they went, I think it was to Italy and Switzerland five or six years ago. Um, the opponents seemed like they changed. That was They probably had more to pull from when they were in Europe than they do in the Bahamas. Um, all these games are going to be somehow available to watch if you're willing to spend 30 bucks at Flow Sports. Flow so, Sports, yeah. That, that's also a step in the right direction. And it looks like they're playing in a gym about the size of McDonough, Kendall G. L. Isaacs Gymnasium in Nassau, which I guess UNC was at last year. So it's a legitimate gym. The Tar Heels were there. But um, <laughs> we have to look forward to, and I know that we we know some people. There's some Hoya Hoop Club. I think the president's going over there. 
So in, not next week, but the week after, we can talk to him and get a firsthand account of what happens. Hopefully they don't make the national news like they did when they were in China, although I don't think the, uh, the possibility is there for that. Oof, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> How can you forget? There's that, it's like, one of the more I, I, I don't know i mean i don't i don't even like associate a trip to the bahamas with like some sort of fight against communists but yeah i, I forgot that, that that even happened man i don't know maybe it's the weed i don't know man i just keep forgetting a lot of things lately I, I'm, <laughs> maybe it's three kids you know you kind of prioritize things in your life yeah the image well, the image of some guy on the chinese bench like attacking jason clark with a with a chair just somehow in my mind for a minute, but yeah. Or the image of back. Max Carey trying to like defend um, Henry Sims. Um. <laughs> sort of like a Van Gundy tackling Alonzo Mourning kind of situation. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, we okay. also, uh, also next week, uh, one of the, interestingly, one of the kids who, guys who is going to be broadcasting the games for Flow Sports, um, who will actually be on the ground of the Bahamas, he just uh, got in touch with me, and uh, he's willing to hop on uh, for the fifth episode of Kenty Corner to discuss his viewpoint uh, of the Hoyas. Um, you know, he's completely unbiased, which would be refreshing, and he'll just give us his opinions as to who he thinks is good and who he thinks is not good. Perfect. Yeah. So again, and that that of course, and that of course is a special treat for our nine listeners in iceland it is i think we have some in taiwan as well um again if you want to listen to us in taiwan you can find us on spotify and itunes subscribe and you'll never miss an episode right now we're trying to do about one a week obviously as we get closer to the season and in the season there'll be a lot more activity but just trying to keep everyone going keep uh keep the uh, kenner league fever out there and uh we will see you next time All right, we're going to the Bahamas. Later.